0: forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast thank you very much have a great day and enjoy the show
2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Hello, welcome back to the Fighting Cop Podcast, Season 12, Episode 1. Boys, Season 12. Who'd have thunk it? We're back for another... How long can this continue, Alex? Uh, probably one more year, and then <laughs> Got a bit. Got One more, so we're a peri- Perisic. <laughs> we're the Perisic of the... the, the, uh, of the... I mean, I, I'm sick of
3: it now. I don't know about
0: you, but this is... Yeah. <laughs> I know you did text. You did text about four or five times today, going, I am on tonight, aren't I? I am. I am on. You do want me, do not you?
3: Well, it's because I, you know, I'm working from home, so it's a rare, it's a rare day. You, you've got me. I've already been. I've already been on two podcasts today.
0: Brilliant. Good for you,
3: John. How are you
4: doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Just, um, just listening to that it just reminds me of uh, in Sopranos where Tony Soprano is talking about the golden era of being a gangster and how he felt like he missed all the best bits and came in at the end. That's basically like me and my involvement in the fighting cock. It's like. Did. All the best bits gone before, and I've come in at the end, and now it's going to be over.
0: How so. long have you been in, involved in the Fighting Cock?
4: Uh, don't know, three years? Has it been that long? Yeah. yeah it's yeah, felt like a, it's a lifetime, long. I know. But, it feels yeah, much, yeah. <laughs> much
0: longer. It feels much yeah. longer. Anyway, lots coming up in this episode. Predictions for the season, rating the transfer window. We're answering your questions, of course, and talking about the Rangers game as well. Before we do, we've got some exciting news, boys. The Fighting Cock has a sponsor. After 12 Wee. years, we've got a spot I mean, Hello? We had another sponsor last year, but um, we've got another one. We've got a new one. Brilliant one. Hey. We've got NordVPN. Uh, boys, do you know what NordVPN is? I do now. Do you know, yeah. do you, know you know what a VPN is? Essentially, it's, uh, it's like a private network for your, your, your net internet connection. It gives you security. It hides your internet activity, which is really important for you, Alex. And uh, you can browse the internet without constraints. Apparently, NordVPN offers military-grade security. It's like MI5 shit. Damn. Um, John, you know, you know when you put on a bit of Stone Island clobber? Big time. It makes Big you time. tub a lard. Yeah,
4: correct. That's you, essentially... can pun- you, can, you can punch bullets. You can punch bullets you, with you it. Can, you so can, good can it. You
0: can punch the sun away when it gets too hot. <laughs> exactly. Your own <laughs> words. <laughs> that's, that's,
4: you... that's why I was head to toe in my, in my Stone Island jacket in 30 degrees weather, because obviously I could just punch the sun away, and then it's, then I'm cool. I'm staying
0: cool all day in that. <laughs> NordVPN VPN is essentially Stone Island for your PC. Exactly, exactly. Do, do, do you know what else? You know, I, you, this isn't a situation for you guys, but for me, I've got kids and my missus is very sensible. And not, no, no, she's responsible because she, she put on a parental lock, which means you can't access any of the bad stuff on the internet. And you don't want your kids to access the bad stuff, but I, I don't want, I want to see the bad stuff. I, I want to be knee deep in the bad stuff. <laughs> uh, and, and NordVPN allows you to circumnavigate parental controls without your wife or the kids knowing. So there's that. There's also, you know, you know, you know what what's what's the most frustrating thing about being a football fan or a Spurs fan when you want to watch football at 3pm on a Saturday?
4: It's just not on TV, Fav.
0: You it's can't not available. You can't, oh. can't, can you? You can't well uh, well uh, according to NordVPN, uh, NordVPN. And I've actually done this myself. You can access 3 PM games from other networks that are broadcasting it in other countries with NordVPN. So never need you miss a NordVPN, uh, a, sorry, a, uh, a a game ever again. And certainly don't have to bugger about with streams in, in dodgy sort of, you know, they're the breaking up and there's the, the, commentary from countries that you don't understand. That's fine as well. I mean, I, I've got no issue with foreign comment, commentary. I'm not, you know, there, there's no issue there. But if you want to access stuff that's coming from, you know, America, then you can do that with NordVPN. Finally, one of the most interesting things i found, and, and there's millions of features to NordVPN as well, is that the cost of buying, say, YouTube Premium in the UK is about 11 99 You can use NordVPN to access servers in Argentina where it's just 90, 85p. So it saves you £11 a month by using NordVPN. And NordVPN essentially is the cost of a coffee each month. So. Not only not only are you getting access to all of the good stuff that we just mentioned, but you're also saving yourself, well, £11 a month. So you're actually making money by signing up. And if you want to sign up, you can get an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash TheFightingCock. You get a discount on the subscription and you get an additional one month for free. It's completely risk-free because NordVPN offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's really easy to use. It's literally... Download the app, one click, and you're in. And you one get e- it
3: across six devices as well. I've done it. I did it about an hour and a half ago. And I have
0: <laughs> we, well, literally we just...
3: I've got come I, I on my calf
0: right now. <laughs> <because> of... <laughs> You've got cum on your calf. You, what, were you so excited by the sign-up
3: offer? I just wanted to see if there was different porn in Argentina. What was there? It says out, uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. You can access anything. There's no geolocked stuff with NordVPN. Sign up now, cost of a coffee, uh NordVPN.com forward slash the fighting cock. Right, boys, let's get into the Rangers game. Um, it was another preseason game that wasn't friendly at all. It wasn't a warm-up. The, the, the game wasn't pedestrian in any way. It was proper properly competitive. What what was your takeaway from it, John Boy?
4: I think this has been like We've seen this across the friendlies uh, that we've had, or well, like the preseason games. Is that I think this can't be by accident. I feel like this might be by design, and like we know that Conte likes to push the players physically, <clears throat> emotionally, and a lot of what his his kind of mantra is really is about wanting to see what players' limits are and how far they're prepared to go. And so I think like the games that have been selected and the opponents that we've got, they were always going to be this type of game because they're that type of opponent, and I think throwing that into the mix is not a bad thing because people talk a lot about like winning mentality and like, you know, needing to win anything, any kind of cup, just to like build this type of mentality. You can also build it in these environments, right? Every game can be important and every game can mean something. Obviously, when you're playing a team who you're very aware that they're not competing, that has an effect on you. So I think these games have been probably pretty beneficial to us, the fact that they have been competitive like this and given us an edge. Uh, and also, like, playing against Rangers. At Rangers is never never fun for any team. And that like the fact that this is a preseason game, it's kind of irrelevant. Like they were always going to be well up for this game. So I think we probably gained quite a lot out of this. So yeah, I'm pretty um I'm pretty happy with the fact that it's gone this way because I think this is suits our manager and suits what we're trying to achieve this
0: season. They're a week away from their season and ten days away from their Champions League qualifying um you know, round. Or game or fixture, and they 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 were ready. They're 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 essentially in peak fitness. They're ready to go. They've been training to to get to the position where they're ready to start the the, the, the Premiership in in Scotland, and they were going to use this not just as a warm up, just as a a, a a demonstration of of where they're at. And I thought they were pretty good. Like that that first half where we we had the first ten minutes, and they probably had twenty minutes in the, in the first half. And we sort of closed a bit better in the first half, but they they were they were more than up for it, and they, they caused major problems at times. But it was it did feel inevitable, even when we went down to one nil.
3: Yeah, I thought uh, I, I agree with what John said. Really, I think um, you know they're a couple of weeks ahead of us. Uh, full House, you know, top four Premier League team, you know, coming to town yeah you know, Rangers and Celtics survive on that European football in terms of in terms of their excitement, their interest, you know they don't give a fuck about beating everyone else that they do every week so it it was a really good test, and I thought I said first ten minutes was good, I think it was probably slightly longer than twenty minutes where they where they were uh, had us pin pinned back, but we were trying to invite them on to do what we do, and they marked um i think it was lunch was it Lundstrom that was kind of just not giving Kane. Anything whatsoever, like mm-hmm. just literally following him around the place, kind of and Herrera, Eden Hazard type vibes, um, and just couldn't get out and, and couldn't keep possession. Uh, and that's what we need to get out of our system and, and get back into the habit of uh, of having to make sure that you you know you you earn the ball first, and that's, we really did have to do that. We had to earn the right to have possession of that football for a long period of time, and then Harry Kane does that. You know, uh, I, I I wish I'd I wish I was able to record all the different voice, all the different noises I've made when he scored those
0: types <laughs> of goals, right? Because give us because, give us the noise you made on Saturday when you when you saw it. Uh, I went oh. <laughs> <laughs> give us another one. It's a random one that you might have done. Well, I, I tell stuff. you now, there's in the back catalogue, the back
3: catalogue of Fighting Cock podcast. There was a podcast we did with Amanda Jacks from the uh, Football Supporters Federation just after Harry Kane had scored on his debut for England after coming on uh for what felt like milliseconds and i remember the ball going over the over the top to the back post for his head and going yes yes hey! Hey! Like, <laughs> I <pitched>. like, yeah! <laughs> and uh it was just I, honestly, i'd love to make it i remember when he scored one against stoke when we were on the back foot for the first 20 minutes and then he just curled one in the bottle and i went fucking have that oak furniture land <laughs> uh just numerous noises but it was great and it, it was that goal was almost like I knew what was about to happen yeah as soon as he kind of got it and he took a couple of touches with his right just to bring the defender onto his left foot a little bit so that he could shift it onto his right and gain himself that extra it's not even half a yard is it it's a you know a, a, a third of a yard just to be able to to get that space and then the strike was just magnificent honestly just unbelievable unreal um, yeah.
0: Yeah, unreal. Well, I did, but and I was, I was kind of, you know, like through the years, you know, we've this podcast has grown with Harry Kane as well. Like, you know, we we started in two thousand eleven, and he sort of started to come into, but the, into our sort of conscious, you know, maybe two thousand thirteen, where he started having a, having a sort of seismic impact at Spurs, and we've run out of things to say about him. And I always think, well, well, it's this kind of pointless talking about Harry Kane. is. But what I actually want to do is I just want to talk about how great he is again. Like, really, let's really dig down into just how fucking good he is and how unlikely it is ever that we will see a player of his ilk, certainly a forward of his ilk at Tottenham ever again and probably maybe not even in the Premier League ever again. John, what, what, tell me, Just it doesn't matter if, you've, if you're repeating yourself, just tell me how good Harry Kane is. Um, I think basically,
4: in a lifetime, so in my lifetime, you get one player like this at your club, and we are we have been lucky enough to like really be in a state where we're not we're not ninety five watching uh, this happen. Like this is like in our peak years of enjoying Tottenham, we have a player who is this good. Now sometimes you have like once in generation for your club, right? But they don't necessarily that doesn't translate like in terms of like world football. I really do think Kane is basically the best number nine in the world. Like, And I don't think that that's now with like Lewandowski kind of getting to that age and Suarez getting to that age. I don't think that's like even really a debate anymore. I think like that is an accepted fact that he is the best he, number he's nine. He's
0: been doing it in the Premier League, the most difficult league
4: in yeah. the world for, for his, nearly 10 yeah. years. And his numbers, his numbers alone, right? So if you just never saw him play and just saw his numbers, it stacks up against anyone, right? They're just ridiculous numbers. But when you watch him play... The thing that I think, anyway, is most impressive about him is the fact that he's like technically, like his technique is absolutely incredible. Like the way the guy passes a ball is like a, a midfield general, like ball playing midfielder. The way that he finishes is like just a brute, like brute striker. His hold up play is amazing. He can play like one touch. He's like creative in like small spaces but like he has just got like all of the things from a technical point of view that you want a forward attacking player to have he has it in spades and it's just such a nice thing because sometimes you get strikers who are like all pace and flair sometimes you get strikers who are like just goals and not a lot else but he is that like perfect hybrid of both both things he can play the, the the nice side of the game and play like golf shots basically as passes and he can just get in the box and bury headers from 5 yards out he's just Phenomenal talent, and I still think he's underrated uh, across the across the league. From other fans, they don't talk about him in the way that they should, which is insane. They hate him, but they, they hate him. him. Um, but it's for whatever reason. I think it's an it, it's a Spurs thing because he's associated to us
0: that they can't stand it. Um, yeah, it's but like, he, like, yeah. Thierry Henry and Alan Shearer and other players of his yeah. ill got like widespread adulation about how yeah. good he is, uh, and it, Harry Kane gets none of that. And I and I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that. There are, there is a press agenda against Tottenham. I think it's ridiculous. It's a stupid, childish thing to suggest, right? There is no agenda against Tottenham. Every club feels like there is a, an agenda against him. But he doesn't get a fair crack of the whip, in my opinion. But then I've also heard other fans saying that there is a huge media bias for him. Alex, where, what do you think?
3: Uh, I think, as ever, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But what what he does, which makes it, I think difficult, particularly for a newer generation of football fans to really appreciate is he does all the basics, all the things you're taught and you're coached as a striker, finishing across the goalkeeper, heading, heading the ball downwards, you know, from close range from keeping your body over the ball and long distance shots and stuff, because he's not doing the types of goals that Thierry Henry did where he would blitz past someone for pace or, You know, that goal against United where he flicks it up, turns and and hits it on a volley or, you know, a Suarez type of Maisie type run. What he does is he executes all of the essential parts of what you are coached to the nth degree. And what that means is people struggle because they're not seeing anything different. They're seeing him do exactly probably what they were coached on a, you know, as an 12 12-year-old, 13, 14-year-old when you're trying to finish, when you're learning to 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 get shots on target and how to use your body to 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 make yourself space. Like, well, I've seen that before. But because he executes it to such a ridiculous level, people don't he doesn't get that type of all and ah type of effect that you get with a Suarez and Henri. And with Shearer, it was different because in that generation. The value was put on that type of stuff that Shearer did. It wasn't put, you know. Cantona obviously had his moments and that type of stuff, but the value of a striker was was of the type of thing that Shearer did at that time. You know, Sheringham. We always say Sheringham felt underrated because he would score different types of goals and would kind of tick along and and keep and, and do what he did. <clears throat> but that's why I think Harry Kane doesn't get the necessary recognition. That I think he does get it for for most of it, but it goes in ups and downs, doesn't it? You know, I've been guilty of it before. Last year, this time last year, when he wanted to go, you know, I was purposely saying, well, does he turn up in finals? And you know, <laughs> is there a real, do I have a real I love know. of him? Like there. I did. But do I have a real love of do him? I like not- I do with, yeah. with do Bale I- and, and those types of people. Uh, but I think what I have done now, and I'll reflect on that now, and I'll hold my hands up. I think some of it was probably a defence mechanism. But also, I think what I have had to realise now is that you have to appreciate what you've got while he's here. Not just whether he's at Tottenham and goes to another club to retire somewhere or whatever, but just appreciate what you've got. And I've looked at players in the past and we've seen them move on and I haven't always appreciated just how good they were. Luka Modric is a perfect example. You know, I really appreciate and actually how much of a wonderful player he was. Bale, it was easy to appreciate because it was blockbuster. It was, yeah. every goal was just ridiculous. But with Kane, it's almost like, you know, that goal on Saturday is just, oof. If Kulosevsky had scored that or Richarlison has scored that, we'd be going, fuck me. Yeah. But because he's Harry Kane, he's doing it every other week. Of
0: course. You know, that's what it is. There was a lot of uh, Kane's game that was not different because we'd seen it before but it, it seemed so deliberate uh, that he was dropping. So he was playing central to Son and Kulishevsky, but he was dropping deep into midfield to receive the ball and turn and play it into Kulishevsky more regularly than than Son. But and, and Richarlison was doing the same thing against Sevilla, where he was asked, or it might've been the Koreans. I can't remember, but the um, he, he was asked to drop and spin and find his man or, or draw the foul. And, Like I say, I know it's not a new tactic, but there is something deliberate about that. Do you worry about Kane's ankles if he's being asked to play that role? Because, you know, we know how, you know, um, weak they can be or they have proved to be when he rolls them, if he's getting the ball and there is, you know, whenever anyone plays against Spurs, their central defensive midfielder is going to have to have a worldie to stop this kind of play. And part of the reason why we sided in Basuma was because how good he was uh, at Brighton last year when he he stops us from playing that way. But their central def- defensive midfielder is going to have to deal with a player of Kane's quality and Richarlison's quality to pick the ball up in midfield and stop them from turning. And the only way I can see them can do it consistently is by fouling. Now, if you've got any concerns, John, about you know, Kane's ankles or, or even Richarlison's sort of, you know, ankles when they're having to deal with that sort of central defensive midfielder who's snapping at their ankles to get the ball because it's the only thing they can do.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, first of all, you can never legislate for injuries and you s- certainly shouldn't change your game plan based around potential for injury for someone uh, based on your game plan, right? Like, saying, oh, we're going to play ball into feet, or oh, we shouldn't do that because could someone could go through the back of them. It's like, fundamentally, you'd have to change every tactic in football if you're always planning for injuries, even if you have an injury prone player yeah second thing is pain's ankle injuries have never come from like someone just smashing him like very rarely right there's one where he tried to foul someone and fucked his own ankle up other times it's like jumping and landing awkwardly like they're always kind of innocuous injuries and so therefore i don't think it's something that you can legislate for i think like he's just got a weakness it will happen and if it does happen at least now we have a bit more of a squad that's able to cope with it where we didn't have that before so the way that i mean like you said, having Richarlison do the same thing and like play that way is kind of encouraging to me, which is that if Kane's missing or we want to rest him, which is, again, a thing that we need to do a bit more often, we are actually designing a way to play and we're not just, you know, go, let's put everything through Kane and hope for the best.
0: Speaking of uh, new signings, what what did you make of the you know, six of them who came on in the second half? Um, what, what was, who was your favourite, Alex? Not necessarily in how, how they played, but who was you most excited to see?
3: I was most excited to see Bersuma, Uh but what I don't you know what I,
0: about him. Him,
3: I don't, I just because of how good he is at what he does, but I'm still not a thousand percent sure about what he's going to be asked to do exclusively. You know, is he just going to be a destroyer or is, are we going to see some more creative elements of him, how, which we really we didn't.
0: We would best use him.
3: I'd like to think that he would be a bit more box to box with us. Uh which we didn't really see on um on Saturday. Uh so I I'm excited to see what he does. Perisic looked off the pace which is only to be expected. But final in that final third I think you already saw there's a difference between him and Sasinon. <laughs> there is. I know everyone I know a lot of people love Sasinon. I I don't get it. I I don't I still don't quite get him. So I'm excited to, to see more of Perisic. Um, Jed Spence, obviously, we didn't see for very long. But uh, again, I, I think you can see. I was surprised he didn't get his forward as forward as as much as I thought he might do in that last ten minutes. As, you know, Rangers had a lot of changes and it was all a bit discombobulated. Um, long lay, I thought, was quite composed and, and all right. He looks like, he, he looks, him and Ben Davis seem to play quite a similar way, actually, um, which is good because that's, you know, that's what they're there for. It looks like we're not going to have Ben Davis on the first day of the season. So um, that was that. And then Richarlison, he had a couple of moments where he nearly did get away from that last defender. And if Lucas's final ball had been better a couple of times, I think we would have been away. I think we need him to get a goal as soon as possible Um, just to get that out of the way and get that done. Um, It's a shame he's missing the first game of the season. But um, yeah, there's no one in there where you're like, okay, do we really need this guy? I think everyone—it's quite evident, even from that showing on Saturday—but they're people to add to the squad a lot.
0: Well, that, that's it. The, the, the obviously the questions around from from fans of other clubs is why did why do we why did we buy Richarlison? We don't need him. He doesn't go straight into our first team. There are two other clubs, actually three other clubs in the Premier League who buy buy players who add depth to their squad, even if they cost significant amounts of money. And they are the three most successful teams in English football in the last 10 years, being Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester City. No one would have batted an eyelid if either of those had signed a player that doesn't walk into their first 11 for 50, 60 million pounds. They wouldn't. i have done it, done it forever in a day. Exactly. Know, that's, what they, that, that's what people expect from a team that operates at the very top level of English football. So now suddenly Spurs are behaving like a team in, term, in the transfer market, who's behaving like a team that is the t- a, a top level of, of English football. And it's been used as a stick to beat us with. Now, we have to worry about that because we know what's happening here. We've changed our transfer policy. We've bought in Perisic as a ready-made left wing-back forward who will offer us a solution to that left wing-back issue. If Cessignon isn't working or if he's, if, he's, if he's injured, we know Perisic is going to be there from the start to to, to do what he needs to do. Buying Richarlison for that money is the same thing. So, and and and, and buying Basuma as depth, not just depth as a starter, but uh, you know, Hoybier then becomes depth, Skip becomes depth. So, I just, I just, I, don't know what what you, what you make of the transfer window, John. And, and I appreciate you're going to say something positive because this is Spurs podcast, more Spurs, <laughs> but it has been significant. And just before you answer that, what I did a um, show for. A, with, uh, doing some content for a, a company on Mondays and uh, the what, what we were doing today was rating it, uh, the transfer window of various teams and I was with a Man City supporter and a Liverpool supporter and unanimously together we agreed that um, Tottenham had won the window or were winning the window so yeah I wonder what you make of it John.
4: <clears throat> yeah I think um, I mean obviously I'm going to be positive because I'm generally positive about Spurs anyway but I do think like you can look at this window objectively if you were a neutral and you can make cases for why none of these transfers are bad like, because you can never guarantee that a transfer is going to be good but you can kind of like legislate that these are like solid like investments or they make sense for the short term and like for me like Perisic is just a very experienced player when we, we, are, we have basically inexperienced players in that squad position so like to Al's point right Sessegnon, I'm I'm kind of in the middle with him. Like, I don't love him. I don't hate him. I think he's obviously got something. Having someone like Perisic is going to make him better. Like, I just, I can't well, see a world in which he doesn't learn something. Perisic has
0: helped him yeah. be attacking per, didn't
4: he? Exactly. So I think, like, that, that to me makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to go through all the transfers, like, one by one. But essentially, like, they've all either improved what we've got in the first team and therefore, like, puts previous starters on the bench, which got us into, like, the top four. So they are good players. So it's improved our squad. The other thing for me is like, I think think we've gone from one extreme to the other, basically, which is why people are finding it uncomfortable to deal with our windows. We had two windows where we didn't sign anyone. We've had like a decade of basically purchasing either players from the championship, like in Walker and and players like that and, and Norton and some work out, some don't. We've tried buying French players that no one's ever heard of and seeing if they work out because, you know, occasionally someone will pluck like a, pa- a player from France and they work out well. So we try to do it and it hasn't really worked out. We buy Dutch centre-forwards really? because they're doing okay in the Eredivisie era and that doesn't work out. It's like we've tried all these different approaches that s- sometimes pay off for other clubs. The thing that we've not done before is what we're doing now, which is going, we don't need him, but we want to build a squad. And now when we're getting linked with like James Madison and other creative players, I've heard other people going. Oh, I could be 50, 60 million. Like, do we really want to spend that on a creative? Play? Yeah, why not? I, like, I, yeah. yes, just get them in. It doesn't matter if he plays five games a season. It's not my money. It's the club. It's, it's our club that we all put in money in one way or another. I want to see the best possible squad we can assemble. I don't give a fuck if they spend another 500 million on players that never play. Just give us the options to get better players in the squad. And I, I just think it's a mentality shift. We all just keep looking at where they're going to play. They're not going to play. They're going to be on the bench and we might need to bring them on in a Champions they League will game. Play.
0: There will be games where they play. There, will, you know, well, there was a geezer on Twitter and I can't remember his handle, um, but he, he said that we haven't significantly improved our first eleven. Is that fair, Alex? Um, the first eleven thing is a myth. You need a yeah. squad.
3: Yeah, look, everyone... At the start of every year, everyone talks about, well, you know, you can't go another season. They can't keep just keep relying on Harry Kane, Right. So we've gone out and, and and you can't go out and buy. I think we've proved it. We're the model for every other club who have got one of those strikers, which not many have. But, but you can't just go out and buy really a, you know, let, whoever it might be, who's that good. That It's just going to sit on the bench. It doesn't well, happen.
0: So so the so, increasing so point here, Alex, would be Lewandowski at Bayern Munich. They never replaced him. They never found another. They didn't try and sign Harry. They weren't talking about Harry Kane when Lewandowski was at their side. Because you can't sign a player to compete with Harry Kane or Lewandowski. You can't. Yeah. And so it's not surprising now that Nagelsmann's spewing all this bollocks about Harry Kane would do very well in the Bundesliga. He would eat the Bundesliga. He would eat it. He would absolutely de- just destroy it. You wouldn't even have to fucking manage your team. He'd be that good for you. So it, you're not saying anything there. But, yeah, sorry, I'll cut you. Just something to put boiling in but- my brain for a yeah, little, oh, on that, on that,
3: I do, I do think that's a bit. Yeah, you know, I think there's been a little bit of overreaction to that. Nagelsmann was asked a very leading question a very, very leading follow up question. To be fair, he answered the question fairly straight. back. about All right. you Harry, I love
0: All Right, it's fine, mate. It's
3: fine. Uh, but anyway, um, so we've gone out and signed someone like Richarlison, which who who can play up there, who is in the Premier League, who has scored goals in the Premier League. You know, I'm not. I've, I've said on this podcast, I'm not massively convinced about Richarlison in general, but he is the type of signing. That I never thought that this club would would make whilst Harry Kane is still there, um, and that's what they've done. In terms of improving the starting eleven, I think Perisic will start and I think Basuma will start. So I think I think that Both of those is,
0: are definite improvements.
3: Yeah, and that, uh, so there's nothing about us. And like John said this is the first eleven that got us top four, so it's about trying to to make sure that you don't by having the tiny little hiccup of someone being injured. Ben Davis being injured at the minute is a perfect example, but someone can come in. That is is relatively ready made. Would we rather have Clement Longley come in, or would we rather have Joe Roven come in? I'd rather have Clement Longley come in. Yeah. So probably
0: on that left hand side. Yeah. Yeah, but I just
3: mean in general, just in terms of those of those things, and, and I don't think we're done yet. I think we will see another attacking midfielder, and I do think if the right centre back does become available, I think we probably might we might even see another one of those as well.
0: It does. Um, it does feel like that in order to complete this window, I'd like a Bastoni and Dicker. Um, I feel, I feel an attacking midfield. I don't, I wouldn't be too upset if we
3: didn't sign another defender. But I do feel that I think I said, I I said for this window to be for me to go right, okay, let's go. I said last week that we need another right wing back because we were all debating about whether this Jed Spence thing would actually happen. But the other week, I was like, look, if we don't get another right wing back, I, I, think, I think we are making it very, very hard for ourselves.
0: Well, technically, we've... Alex, we've, got, we've got three right wing backs, uh, four right wing backs, because uh, yeah. mora has been playing there, hasn't he? <laughs> what do you make yeah. of that? Apparently... He
3: got a lot of stick. He
0: got a lot of stick, didn't he, from, um, yeah,
3: from of... Lucas Mora. But I thought, I thought he did all right. Yeah. For in terms of second game... Playing at right wing back, I, I, I'm not massively against it. I think but, uh
0: Bursa are apparently about to um, activate a clause that we have in his contract. Good, so we should for another year. Yeah, good, so, so we should. No, no harm can come from that. Yeah, he's he's
3: a squad player that Conte trusts, who does loves, get goals.
0: Apparently, not just trust, loves. Not that yeah. he's. That, that it's not. I don't think it's about his quality necessarily, but it's about his attitude and and, and willingness to just do what he's asked to. And, and I know there is this, there's a lot of criticism and a lot of stuff that's thrown at Lucas Moura and he might not be good enough or he might, I mean, although he's fucking scored some massive goals. I'm not even just talking about Ajax, some massive goals for Spurs away from home against very, very good teams. Manchester United, Man City, Barcelona at Newcastle, And to have him around, he's, loved, he's well liked and, 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 and even loved, if you believe what the ITKs are saying then there's nothing wrong with having him there. He's not no, going to diff-
3: break the bank. And the, diff- and the difference is, and I'm without going all Alex from Bristol, but he is the perfect player that that you can't judge on, on stats and numbers and that type of stuff. Like, all right, you can judge him as an overall player in the in the wider football community, sure. But what he can bring in a 10-minute spell, a 20-minute spell – in stuff that you can't necessarily always measure necessarily that that's there is a difference there is a gray area of those elements and he is king of that gray area and the nature of gray areas is that sometimes it's shit and sometimes it's brilliant and that's that's just the nature of the beast but sending getting rid of lucas Mora and saying not replacing him now would just be would just be daft it's ridiculous he's not costing us anything we're not going to make a, a significant amount of money less now than if he, even if he went on a free transfer, I mean, what would someone buy him for? 15 mil? Maybe. Well, it's not going to be much more than that, is it?
0: We've had I mean, so many, we've, had, we've had so many players that have done less than Lucas Mora for us who leave yep. because they, their eyes are lit up by other opportunities and he's done so much and he's willing to stay. And he, and he's talked about going back to playing Brazil after Spurs. Like, there's no other club for him. Like, he's,
5: he will
3: score. He'll score six or seven. He'll score six, seven, eight goals this year yeah. in all competitions. Which those six or seven or eight goals, If you're going to bring someone else in who is remarkably better, okay. But for the sake of what the situation he's in, I don't. I don't think there's too much of an issue. But um, so in terms of the starting eleven, just to get back to your question, uh, have we massively improved it? Have we really, really pushed on? I think we've improved it by fifteen, twenty percent. I think which I think is it and then we didn't uh, the whole issue with our starting 11 and we've had this back in 2016 the whole year you know I'm at home and stuff the issue was who'd you bring in that, that improves that starting 11 mm-hmm. right now because again you looked at the numbers I'm at home in a year you know calendar year most points all that type of stuff it, it there is a balancing act to it but what? like I said yeah Did I think, I think
0: we're unbeaten at home in a year
3: we were unbeaten in at home weren't we 26 what well, year was it 2016.
0: Oh season. right right
3: sorry I thought you mean this year sorry no, no 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 um but you saw I mean in the past we've had those those periods of time right, you right, know right 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 walker fatonga and oliveiro rose dembele y- you know it was it was difficult to go right well who what do you who do you bring in um so I'd like to see one more attack him midf- I think we will I think we'll see a big dog sign and not necessarily in name but in terms of money spent um, I think we'll see another a 40, 50, 60 mil attacking midfielder, and I think that'll probably be it.
0: We'll need to see. Um, we need to, we need La Celso and Ndomble off our wages if that's going to happen, in my opinion. But before we go on to you, your your expectations for the season, can I just say what a good looking pair of blokes you are? <laughs> oh, thanks. Cheers, mate. You're, honestly, you are. Yeah, I'd look at <laughs> both of you and go, God, I'd like to look like him. To be fair, you mate, look- you, you've
4: lost a uh, you've lost a fair chunk of change yourself, mate. You're looking yeah, you're looking man. as dashing as I've seen you for a long
0: time. Thank you, mate. Well, well he's well, always
3: well, dashing in the face. I mean, stand up and give like
0: lift your shirt. <laughs> <up and> Fuck <stuff. laughs> that! I'm working hard in the gym. I'm not ready. Like creating the dark and then showing the light. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So let's have your uh, your expectations for the season. What can we do? Like if you look at the odds um, of an arbitrary bookmaker. Uh Man City are thirteen to eighteen to win the league, Liverpool sixteen to five, Spurs are third with fifteen to one, Chelsea eighteen to one, Man United are thirty-nine to one, and Arsenal, despite spending two hundred and twenty-eight million pounds, not not I'm not saying spending, they've spent two hundred and twenty-eight million pounds more than they've recouped. So they've uh, speculated two hundred and twenty-eight million pounds in two years and they are currently 40-1. to Just quickly, before we go into your expectations of what Spurs can do this year, Arsenal fans are in this fucking bubble that I don't quite understand. They've got everything they dreamed of in spending the kind of money that Chelsea and Manchester City spent when there were no regulations. Huge amounts of speculation. They can't continue this forever. And Callum made a great point in WhatsApp earlier is, the problem with Arsenal fans is that the, the speculation doesn't match the expectation of the Arsenal fans. They, they seem to be happy with finishing fifth. They would say top four would be, would be fine. But regardless of Champions League football next year, even if they get it, they can't continue to spend $100 million plus without recouping any money. Even Man City this year have, have, have made nearly £80 million pound in transfers. Chelsea are not speculating in the same way that Arsenal are. I just wonder what they're thinking and how hard, and and it may work out for them and, and things go well. And Jesus is the the Harry Kane that they've been looking for. I mean, that is not going to happen. But maybe that's what they're thinking. But what like they, they're they're set, I think I'm pretty sure that there is going to be hard times for Arsenal if they do not make a title challenge. I mean, they they have to after spending that kind of money. It's madness, isn't it? Alex, John.
3: Uh, go on, John. You go. I talked a lot. Go.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, look. I, I think. Um, I think fundamentally, if it wasn't them, I might give a different answer to this. But fundamentally, they're starting from a pretty shit place, so they need to spend money. The problem that they've got is they didn't hit their objective, which was to finish fourth, which means you can attract a much better caliber of player. So you can spec. There's a. There's a bracket, and Spurs have been there as well. There's a bracket of player you can get when you're not in the Champions League. You still have to spend quite a bit of money on them because you've got other clubs who also have a a reasonable stature who are also bidding for those players because they're the best of the next bunch that could get you up into the next bucket. So you you kind of got to spend it. And so they are stuck in this, well, we've got a young team that needs improving. Well, we're going to have to spend and we've got to spend on these players. So they're going to have to spend a lot of money. But as we've just said, that's not a guarantee, right? That's not like... Throwing just mega money at some of the world's best players to try and get you over the line in the league or to try and win the Champions League, like City and Liverpool can do. They're just not in that space. And they're not even in the space we're in because we're in the Champions League and we can fish for players that we, that we want to get. And so it is, and every season this is true, which is why it was so crucial that we finished above them. It gets harder and harder. And I, I just realize, feel I like. I didn't
0: realise how crucial it was like in yeah. the run up. It was just about bragging rights for me. But as it's transpired, yeah. It was so much more more than that, wasn't it?
4: yeah, it's mega, and so like to go into um you know your kind of original question, like what's the expectation for the season, I kind of think like actually we we do need to and this kind of sounds a little bit mad, but like we do need to kick on, and what i I think basically that looks like for me is like. Likes of Chelsea and United, I just don't, I think they're a bit all over the place in transition. Um, I said the other day that like City, yeah, their squad's amazing, right? Like obviously they've got a great manager and all the rest of it. However, like they have changed and lost a few players that have been like kind of called to their team. By their choice, fair enough. But they have like Sterling to this world, I think was, I don't know why they let him go. Like I cannot get mad around that at all. But he's gone and they're bringing in like a striker who is not, They've been playing with a false nine for like two or three seasons. They've now got a fucking massive, big striker. Granted, he's he's amazing. That is different. Like they're gonna have to they're gonna have to change their tweak the way they play. That might take a little while. It might mean they have a a, a little bit, bit of a bad start, or you know, it might be more difficult for them to get up to the city that we've known for the last couple of years. Liverpool have got the Los Mane and they've signed a striker that's done it at Benfica or whatever the fuck he was like who knows if he's going to hit the ground running so there are question marks for the first time in that sort of like three or four year cycle with those top two teams and so I feel like we have got a bit of consistency we have got a brilliant coach we've got the best striker we've got the best duo in Kane and Son We've got one of the best defenders, one of the best goalkeepers. We've brought Basuma, who, okay, granted, he's not played for a top six club, but he has been one of the most promising midfielders. And suddenly you put him round all of those players. Suddenly it's like he could really not. There, like, there were Man United
0: fans going, like, they need a defensive midfielder. Why didn't we go and get him?
4: Yeah, I, I actually still can't believe we've got him because I, I don't understand why so many other clubs didn't go for him. But anyway, we have. So I'm looking at it just thinking, we have to, we have to basically close that gap on first. Like we should we we can push that all the way and see wh- and see where it takes us, and then go as far as we can in in a cup uh, cup competition. That's what I think will happen. Um, but what I'm gonna like now, my cards to master say we're gonna win the
0: league. There you go. You think we're gonna win the league? Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? I think this is it um, for all the reasons I I've mean, given. Mean, we're gonna there, win the league. <laughs> I mean, you said why not? I mean, there are reasons why not. Um, oh, there's loads of reasons why not. There's more yeah. reasons why not than there is why. Um, ignore them. Ignore them. why not. Okay. Um, exactly. I'm with, and no, I'm, with, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Fuck it. We're gonna if you next. need and and if look, you know, this,
3: this season is is massive for Tottenham Hotspur. It's a John's right. There has to be some progression. Scraping forth on the last day of the season. I'm not. When I say this, I'm not trying to sound like an arse fan. But when I say it's not good enough, but what I'm saying is it's not good enough in terms of if we want to really start making that progression now. Yeah, you know, champ, the champ, qualifying for the Champions League is the minimum. Now, nah. you know, I'm not saying that in terms of this is what we deserve because we've spent this and we're loyal fans and all this bollocks. I'm saying that in terms of if you want to go and cement this now, and the likelihood of us finishing in the top four is mean, it does mean keeping Arsenal out of that top four because I think Chelsea will, will 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 be all right. They'll they'll get there. I don't think you know I had them tip for the title this, last year. You never quite know what you're going to get from Chelsea from year to year. Um.
0: So, so, not to do, so it, though, financially, um, sorry, in terms of transfers, they, they've got a lot to do.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so there's there's a lot in it. But what John said about consistency, I was having, it's funny enough, I was having this conversation with my boss today, who's a Liverpool fan, and, and he was expressing the same type of concerns that John was. And talking about City is that, you know, the likelihood is that they'll be fine. And let's say Man City win the league. But I, do, I genuinely do think that, you know, if, if Liverpool do have a bit of a stutter, Chelsea start late, you know, United still got a lot of work to do. And and it doesn't quite work for Arsenal, which is more than quite likely, although I do think Zinchenko is a fantastic sign in, I will say that. Um uh, the the gate is open for us. And so we have to we have to step through it. And so this is the year when you want to watch every single game you can. So get NordVPN for your free PM kick.
0: <laughs> That's Nordvpn.com forward slash the fighting cock. Great offer. First month, two months free. Apparently. <laughs> um we've got some questions then. Uh in terms of well we've done sort of the expectations. I I I'm I'm agreeing with you. I I'm somewhere between winning the league and just pushing Liverpool and Man City and we spoke about it on the podcast before, but I mean we beat we beat Man City twice last year. We should have beaten Liverpool twice last year. We win all the easy games, all the other ones.
3: But you can mm. see it in your face right now, Flav, right? We're all having the same thing internally, really. Deep down, Do we're going to go move. Everything's, everything's – uh, the last six weeks of the last season was pretty good, right? This oh, yeah. preseason has been great because we're signing people like fuck, going to the preseason games, winning. We've got Antonio Conte. Everything's brilliant. What's happening? What's going to happen next? What <laughs> well, really well, – let's be honest with ourselves. What's what's going to go
0: kablamo Exactly. So, as Spurs fans, we, we like as, as as happy as we all are, we're acutely aware that this. I mean, I have as is that is that ends because it's in my It's not it's not something I've been like obsessing over. But it has something just sort of got you know, like you wake up at three o'clock in the morning after you've done something six years ago that was embarrassing, and you wake up in at three o'clock in the morning and go, "Remember when you did that mm. at that party?" And like, I thought I'd forgotten about that. It's the same thing with this. It's like, everything's going brilliantly. But do you remember your, you know, we're Tottenham, right? That, that's, yeah. It's that little thing. And, and yeah, it's, it's that true. I want to get rid of. And, it's, and and that's what's so frustrating about Arsenal fans being so blindly optimistic about what's going on. You oh, think, we have to. We have, we have to let but, but, go but, of those things. But, but, but they should be waking up at three o'clock in the morning going, do you remember when we were four points clear and Spurs still fucked us in the arse? Do you remember that? That's what they should be it's almost like that didn't happen
3: no but they're different they're different because they've they're their the missus assholes.
0: not one of them has arseholes yeah. they don't have arseholes exactly. they their all mrs- and all the bile just lives in them forever <laughs> their their missus has broken up with them
3: right she's she's moved on you know she's got you know a really nice successful very handsome guy but because you know he he might wear chinos and not Stone Island. They're like, well, you know, I'm I'm better than him, really. She'll she'll come round. She'll come round. They go around and picking up the kids every weekend. You know, dressed up to the nines, thinking that she's going to open the door and go, fucking you now. What did I give up? Come on in. You know, do you yeah. want a Stella? That's not going to happen. She's drinking yeah, red but, wine now. She's drinking yeah, red wine
0: Flav. She she knocks at the door. She she knocks at the door, and and you open it, and and, and the, an Arsenal fan opens it. Right, opens it, doesn't look at her. Walks away, bearing in mind she's a 10 and, and he's a 6. She, he, he, he turns round. he walks down this grossy little hallway that he lives in, turns into the living room, and there are 17 empty packets of Watsits that he's polished since lunchtime. That's mm. Arsenal. Just dust, uh, just Watsit dust everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Watsits are anyway. too
3: elite for them. Frazzles.
0: No, Frazzles are all right what uh, what would you say? What what is a, an Arsenal level crisp? You know Chip those um, transformers
4: Fuck off,
3: chipsticks are, trip are, are goat. I'm not having that. Transformers.
4: He's saying transformers, Or Well fra- frazzles are horrific. They are they're awful. Yeah, okay. frazzles are disgusting.
0: Yeah. Let's move frazzles on to some, disgusting, yeah. Some questions from the people. One of our one of, one of these questions is from our very closest of people, Felonious Filth, he says, Which player will be the yeah. one who introduces Andrew Tate to the dressing room? <laughs> As Dyer has I'm... done with, with Portnoy. Portnoy's the uh the pizza geezer, isn't he? Uh, skip, skip skip turns up and You've seen what this geezer saying about women. He's I I, you know, I love women, my mum's a woman, but fuck it, he's 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 got some he's saying some good stuff. Said, do, we need to, reckon...
4: do we need to yeah. give context to who Andrew Tate is for those that don't know? <laughs> because... Oh <laughs> I'll Blabber
3: Blabber Blabber tell everyone who he is, because he hasn't fucking talking about him for about four months. <laughs> I,
0: I that makes me sound like I'm one of his people I'm not I'm you are not. no 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 yeah. I'm, not, I'm not he's going
4: to give a discount code to Hustlers University <laughs> yeah exactly
0: yeah. Oh, so you know what you know what it is uh, <laughs> yeah, no, let's greatest be. pyramid scheme going of all Mate, time. it's, it's unreal isn't it Um, I, we can't we don't have time to but Google <laughs> if you haven't had the unfortunate experience of coming across him um, then uh, yeah Google him but uh, yeah I, I reckon Skippy Skippy um So got some questions here that I haven't prepared for. I'm
4: going gonna, I'm gonna to say Davison Sanchez to answer that question. But I'll tell you why. Because I think culturally, because like coming from South America, he'll listen to some of the stuff about like non-Western uh, like Europe you know, being the fall and decline in more traditional countries, more kind of uh, tr- yeah, traditional cultures, and he'll, he'll align with a lot of that stuff and be like, oh, I don't agree with everything he says, but he makes some good points around marriage and stuff like that. I think it, it'll be the rogue, and then he won't have seen all the other videos, and then everyone will be really shocked, and they'll have to
0: tell him that actually he's got that completely wrong. What did you make of the Dave Portnoy uh, video? They done the the one. So so this is Gizu who I don't, I don't know where. What does he do? He, he owns Barstool Sports in 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 the US. He's got uh, troops and expressions as uh, making football content, but he's done other stuff. And one of the th- these things that he's done is a pizza review, like one bite review, where you review a pizza from zero to ten, and. Eric Dyer made a comment or a reference to this guy, on uh, when they were flying out to Korea, and then it got back to him. And then they ended up in the Kane, Doherty and and, and Dyer ended up in this, I don't know, sort of, what do you call it, alleyway, and eating pizza and doing this, this thing. But what, what like is it Do you think do you think that was a good thing for for the Spurs players to do? Like the fact that Portnoy played a troops video message or audio message to him do you have any issue with it alex uh i haven't
3: seen it and i've no idea who he is so probably best someone else answers that. <laughs> okay john if you
0: want any answers or should you just move on
4: so, so I, I hadn't seen this guy until this week and i've seen him 500 times including the ufc which i never watch and suddenly he's there and they're like what? zooming in like he's the most famous man in the world it? i've in literally never heard run, his name run, run and him.
0: jump on her uh, on him yeah, she
4: like on, when she came in, she like what? Wait, but he's like sponsoring her or like barstool or like doing something for her. I, I honestly, i heard never so, saw this guy, and now he's like he's basically Andrew
0: Tate for this week. He's just everywhere. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to back to some Spurs stuff. Uh, do, do you think Conte uh, is gonna? Do you think the Conte contract extension happens? That's from Glass Ankle's on Twitter. So we're in a situation where he, if he doesn't get renewed and he doesn't agree to do it, at the end of the season, he goes. Do we worry about that? You know, Guardiola's been running on a, a rolling contract, but I guess the situation at Manchester City is different from what it is at Tottenham. Should we even be thinking about what Conte will do now, given the fact that he's been given everything he wanted? Like, what? Where, where are you at with that situation, Al?
3: I don't care. I, I honestly don't care because... This year is too important to be thinking about all of that shit. And and football changes so quickly. We know this, right? So just uh, us as Spurs fans, I genuinely believe we have to... We, have to, we talked about all the stuff in the past that makes us wake up at 6am thinking, oh shit, what's going to go wrong? We need to leave all that aside. We need to stop worrying about all this stuff. Just came sign a new contract. Everything right now is about this year. This is a unique opportunity to go and fucking do something. Go
4: and fucking do it. Then we'll talk. Yeah, I th- that's what I mean. What I was just said there, I think, is kind of where I was coming from with the, the timing for us to do something special. And I think Conte's thinking that he can win the league. I really do think that. I think mm, he thinks okay. I'm going to win the league with this team. These are the players I need based on what we've got and what we need to get in through the door. If you give that to me, I'll deliver the league. If he wins the league and then goes... See you later, Spurs. Mate. I will love him forever and oh, ever yeah. and ever. So it doesn't oh, really matter. And if he doesn't do it, and we bridge the gap, and he goes, actually, do you know what? We're fucking close. Maybe next year he'll sign. Yeah. If he thinks, oh, exactly. fuck, if we have a complete stinker, and he's like, well, this is just not working out. It's not working out. We've got we've got a great squad, and we we go
0: again. So like, yeah, to there, point, don't Alex, worry about it. He does. He does. He do, he does think that he, that he can win the league. He wouldn't <laughs> be it. You know, he's, he's, his his entire ethos is about winning we will win the league. And, and the thing that we haven't taken into to account, and it seems that there are many media outlets out there and fans of other clubs haven't taken into account, is we have Conte. Not only do we have all these new players that have improved our squad, what is Conte going to do with them? And what difference will that make? So they, we, we've, we've bought these players for a certain amount of money and we've seen what they've done at other clubs. But now they're with Antonio Conte. What will they become? And what, spur, what will Spurs become? Oh. He wouldn't be here if he doesn't. Uh, John's right. He he
3: believes that he can win the side, win the league with Tottenham this season or next season, and it will depend on how close we are this season as to whether he goes again next season. If we decline, he might be in that nature where he goes, okay, uh, maybe it's just not something for me. But he doesn't. He's not that type of guy. He's not someone, you know. He might walk out after he's done something, but not whilst he's still trying to do something. And I think as long as we are progressing in that nature then he'll be here next year anyway. This is why this year is so important. Just worry about progressing. That might not be winning a title. That might not be winning a cut. But it will be about progressing and, and pushing and, and finishing better and stronger and more consistent than we were last year. Uh, and if that happens, he'll be here next year anyway. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, and and and, and the narrative around Conte when, when he took over was, will Daniel Levy back him? Do you remember that? No one's mm-hmm. saying that anymore, by the way. We haven't heard that thing. We haven't we we haven't had that thrown at us. And all, all we're getting now is about trophies. That, that's that's all we're getting because the things that people thought about Spurs and about our situation with Conte, that the old Spurs, the Spurs that people think that we still are, even though we're not, would not would would have brought Conte in as a fix and hope that he stays around because there could be some sort of relationship that, that, that that's developed. But fundamentally, everyone was going, yeah, you got Conte, but Daniel Levy's not going to back him. Not, he's not going to back him, is he? Because that's not what Daniel Levy's done. We even, like, when I went on the overlap, couple, uh, almost four, years, four months ago, they were saying, yeah, you got Conte, but you know, we know how Daniel Levy operates. Well, how does he operate now? Look at what we've done in the transfer window, winning it, according to fans of Liverpool and according to, according to fans of Man City. How are we operating now? We're backing him, we're giving him everything he wanted. So that conversation can't exist anymore. So what will happen if that narrative doesn't exist? All it is, and this is where where the, 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 where the fan bases of other clubs are worried is that Conte's got what he wants, and when he's got what he wants, as we've seen in previous clubs, he delivers. Now, I'm not saying that we are going to win trophies this year. I fucking praise the God that we do. But right now. All we know is what we know. And that is a transfer window that has been quality. A manager that is world level, that there are very few clubs in European football that wouldn't swap their manager with ours right now. And he's been given the tools to do what he wants to do. So it's just, in this moment, it's two weeks before the season starts. Let's just fucking enjoy that. It's like, what a wonderful position to be in. And a year ago, we had Nuno Espirito Santo who came wanting to leave no direction and now we're here Yay! jeez most of the time
4: most of the time we dream as spurs fans anyway dreaming about what could be and how it could be and most of the time it's pretty unfounded let's be honest right but we're optimistic this is the, like along with the, the peak pot shears this is a season where you can go into it really dreaming about the big prizes like i do genuinely believe that like like i said before best striker one of the best managers so many good players it's, it's open, so like, let's just dream. Let's just dream. Why not? That's what the fucking game's about. Otherwise, what's the it point? Pack up dream. and go. Home. Exactly.
0: Don't, don't Do the lyrics. It was all a dream.
4: Just to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hang a picture. I'm not gonna do the whole thing. I know Alex, the whole thing.
0: <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Alex,
4: Who's walk? that?
3: UUB40. You,
0: <laughs> you you got a wolf tattooed on your arm. Uh, yeah, a bit Andrew well, Tate, there, uh, isn't it? Not- <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah well yeah, it's, it's, it's you know. a pretty sweet tattoo to be fair yeah it looks sick
4: the eyes look amazing
0: yeah well is that new is that new no well, a bit old for that though not it a bit old for so yeah. Uh, oh yeah yeah but, but when no, you, can you turn it to the camera you, like you are different... oh, you're showing the guns up uh do, so people uh listen to this uh That's just sweet. on your general you um podcast feeds you won't be able to see Alex flexing with his tattoo. Oh, look Jeez. at his biceps! Jesus! Those pythons. <laughs> it doesn't shock me that Alex has been absolutely up to his neck in guts. <laughs> that right. is not.
3: I, I want it on record that that is not true. Oh, for the last year. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's funny. I've been looking
3: calendar year. Yeah, I'm a bit like Spurs. calendar year. I've I've got all the prizes, but recently,
0: you know, I've, I've been a bit more. know.
3: Yeah. Sensible and reserved and uh, focused, shall we
0: say? That's good for you. Good for you. Remember, remember, boys, the Fighting Cock is sponsored by NordVPN.com forward slash the Fighting Cock. Get your order in right now. And, and, and not least, do you get all of the uh, adult content that you want from various parts of the world and uh, football, 3 pm football, uh, you can get from the various broadcasters around the world that uh, show the football. But you also support The Fighting cop, And uh, that's a wonderful thing if you choose to do it. So, uh, yeah, this has been episode one, season 12 of The Fighting cop podcast. Thank you so much, John and Alex. I want to see you both in person very soon. We will. We will
3: all see each other very soon.
0: Naked? Preferably. We are staying but- in the same hotel room.
4: Yeah. I'm Technically, I'm never naked, as discussed on the last pod I was on. <laughs> I
0: didn't, didn't realise how hairy you was, actually. <laughs> uh, until you, you posted a picture of your torso the other day. No, it was a video of your mm. torso. And the amount of hair under your nipples is unbelievable.
4: Yeah, it's incredible. Do you know what the, the best... You get the um,
0: hairier the further down your body you get.
4: Yeah, the best description anyone ever gave to me said that they said, "Bash, your body is like a wetsuit because I don't have any hair on my hands or on my feet. <laughs> But everywhere else is covered, right? It's just like, I love it literally, neck down, everything is, is hair. So that's the suit. And then, Have yeah.
0: you ever shaved the t- hair on your chest?
4: Once, uh, it grew back really bad. Uh, so that's probably why it's so hairy, yeah, you completely need a like
0: chainsaw, yeah. To be honest, uh, as discussed, all right, now, no, yeah. I'm not sorry. Was that is that is that an <laughs> attack? I it, didn't mean that it's just look, women, I have said this that women and 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 and, and men in in, mm. in the gay scene, and I'm sure non-binary as well would love a man who looks like a bear or looks like a. I have,
3: i've been told you know like i've been i've been single for a while now and i've uh, any time the conversation has come up about chest hair it's very it it's almost non-existent of where someone's gone you know i'm glad that you you know shave your chest from time to time
0: yeah i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you've got the chest hair of a eight-year-old boy <laughs> no no woman has ever said that i think even i like getting rid of mine because it kind of it
3: follows john's is fine because it's like it's it's just there it's like someone's gone oh there's a nice rug i'll shave that and sell a Take it to his chest it's just there mine has like a pattern like it goes up and around like it starts at the bottom of like my pecs and then it like it they all it follows like a little path it looks like someone's put a scale electrics path like round my (laughs) nipples and stuff and and it looks, it makes, it makes me look almost like, I don't know, it makes my chest, even though it's got chest hair on it, it makes it look very feminine because it looks like I have combed it to like a middle parting. <laughs>
4: I think, I think people should think about chest hair like a beard. If you've got like just little wispy bits that doesn't grow into like a nice like pattern. If that's how it is with your chest hair, then get rid of it. In the same way as like don't grow a beard because it will just look weird with the patches. If it connects. Yeah. If it connects, then fine. If you like like our if you've you know if you've got like an like a weird pattern of chest hair and you think it's better without it, then be better without. Fundamentally, you just gotta be comfortable in your own skin, or hair. What what? Skin. And if you if you've got
3: receding hairline or it like shave it off. I'm sick Pick of all this it like, oh, let's look yeah. after bold people. Fucking get on with it. I had to get yeah. on with it, you
0: get on with it. Fucking yeah. fan in about. Get yeah. rid Stop of it. Stop going to turkey. For fuck's sake, for your teeth and for your fucking hairline. Just accept yeah. it. You've got shit teeth and you've got no hair. Yeah,
4: the, the only person that it. cares
3: about you not having hair is you. So get on with it. see That's the only Andrew Tate that I'll do. You fucking pussy.
0: When, when I did, see... <laughs> when, when I did see that picture of uh, John Bass or, or video, sorry, of John Bass's hair, I just I like I wanted to curl up in it like a little squirrel and and like you know just bunk hunker down. Yeah. But your missus is so lucky to get get into your chest hair.
4: Mate, in my in my single days, there were girls that like if I was wearing a shirt weather, they'd be like, "Oh, that's like, oh, that's really hairy." And then by the time you like charmed them around, and they're like, they're they're like nuzzling in, stuck in it.
0: it, yeah, stuck in like, it, v- like Velcro, couldn't <laughs> escape, screaming, like blue, screaming, like a, blue, like a blue blue
3: bottle in a web, just like
0: it's actually all right once you're in, <laughs> screaming, like, go, let me get away from him, and you go, I'm not touching her, I'm not yeah. touching her like a big fucking
4: sweaty labyrinth um once they're what in those,
0: there oh, no, wait what are those what are those
3: toys you could buy those you get like that this little disc with velcro on you throw in a the tennis ball. ball and it sticks to the it sticks to the yeah, thing that's, what they do, just, body. that's how john pulled like they'd just be walking yeah. past him up in the club and he'd just go Ooh! <laughs> with his chest they just stuck to him man can we
0: have a so, uh, uh, can we have a shout out to ricky who's broken his finger alex how did ricky break his finger uh no, how did he break? His John, finger? how did Ricky break his finger? So you
4: know, um, back in the day when people used to say, there's that myth about if you take a rib out of your rib cage, you can suck yourself off. Yes. He was trying to basically like tuck his rib cage in with his oh, finger no, to suck himself off, and then bent the end of it and broke it, which was a real so, shame.
0: So that that's a lie. But the fact <laughs> is, the truth is even more tragic than that. His nine-year-old daughter threw a ball at him. He tried to catch it and broke his <laughs> finger. <laughs> His nine-year-old daughter had so much power in her throat; Ricky's finger couldn't cope with it. Oh, Unbelievable! And that's—he was supposed to be on the podcast tonight, but he went to A and E because he's still to break his finger. Perfect. As
4: everyone knows, once you break a finger, you you can't possibly talk. So you know, so it makes sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. He'll have to answer for this in uh, the coming episodes of the Fighting Cock. But thanks once again for joining us over the last twelve years—well, eleven years, twelve—to become. Uh, you're all legends. Thanks for downloading as ever. John, Alex, I love you so much. And this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast.
5: F-I-G-A-T-I-N-S Fighting cock and we don't give a fuck Like I talk to a whore
2: when she don't see bucks. Everybody wanna come and run it but they're funny Like a dummy in the barbie of your mommy Ha ha Fightin' cock and we don't give a shit Everybody knows flat flatbait's a prick We can get a sticky in the mini suckin' willy really. When you're getting grilly, yeah, you gotta bang the milly
6: switch today and see all the ways you could save it's easy simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today
5: sports social podcast network
6: geico asks how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance of course you would and when it comes to great rates on insurance geico can help like with insurance for your car truck motorcycle boat and rv even help with homeowners or renters coverage
2: 18 plus.